All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have an awesome interview with Bo Freeler. Been trying to get him on for a little while now. Uh, tried to beat the buzzer beater and have him on before last season, but couldn't quite do it. Um, also, if you're listening to this, you can probably already tell. But we switched some software around. The audio is ass. There's no other way of putting it. It's a brutal episode from an audio quality standpoint, but it's a great interview with our man, Bo Freeler. Excited for you guys to check it out. It's a great conversation. And as always, we are presented to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. It's been a minute since we plugged BNC, so I'm just going to go through all of their deals every single day of the week. So on Tuesdays, for only $10, they have nacho or quesadillas with a pitcher. On Wednesdays, wing night, 50-cent wings, $5 liquor and beer pitchers. Thursday night, starting at 10.30 a.m., they have drag shows for Pride Night. Birthday special, little special one here. You have a liquor tower for your birthday for only $7. FAC deals, $5 well pitcher, $5 beer pitcher, $5 wraps, as always. Every Saturday, Buffalo Chicken Sandwich with a pitcher, only $10 for all of that. And then, last but not least, Sunday Funday, Bottomless Mimosa, 10 wings for only $10. That's insane. You, you guys can eat all of those wings, 10 of them, and drink as much mimosas as you want for only $10. That's not going to happen anywhere else. So head on over to BNC Fieldhouse, support our boy Ben. And without further ado, we'll get to Bo. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Roll clones. All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, two-time Big 12 Coaches Honorable Mention, academic Big 12, your starting safety for the Iowa State Cyclones. We have Bo Freeler on the podcast. I want to make sure I got that right. Bo, appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Um, So, honestly, my first question is just kind of a pulse check, you know, because it was a long season. It was a lot of good coming out of the season and obviously some some results that I know, you know, the team didn't exactly want. But just coming out of it after having a couple months to digest, you know, that full season, how are you feeling coming out of it? And what does it mean for you moving forward to uh, your junior season? Um, I think there's a lot of valuable lessons we learned from the season <clears throat> um, and a lot of things we just kind of reflect on that we got to clean up um as a team individually and i think moving forward if we can stick you know to the standard we set for ourselves i think we'll be in a really good place especially with some of those younger players including myself getting a lot more experience so following up on that a little bit um i mean it's pretty impressive one that you guys much time um as you did as a true freshman uh, what would you say um kind of allowed you to hit the ground running as soon as you got to Ames and have an impact like year one, first season here. It's pretty rare. Um, I would just say everyone around me that that was supporting me, really, I'll give credit to them. Um, you know, they took me in, Coach Broomfield and and all the coaches, um, helped me learn the playbook as fast as I could and giving me the opportunities and practice. Um, that really helped. And then just, you know, trusting me and put me put me in some some of those situations early on in special teams and things of that nature really um you know gave me the opportunities and and I just kind of rolled with it I love that so I think 
I think it was Cyclone Fanatic. I, I apologize to the reporter. I'm not giving you credit. But, um, you know, someone asked you just what's one part of your game that you think has the highest impact? Your answer was the effort I give. You know, the, the energy I bring to the field is, is something that I, you know, that I want to make sure I'm bringing to every single game, every single practice. And it's pretty damn evident. I mean, you know, as a true freshman, like New said, you don't hardly you get play time and let alone when you do get play time it's rare when we see like see that impact especially on the defensive end but you're running everywhere you're in on every single tackle is very reminiscent of mike rose and his uh true freshman year and it was just kind of like damn this guy has a motor and that was one thing that we talked about with mj anderson oshun oshuni just that a motor is something that is so valuable now was that something that you just always kind of had did you start, you know, snorting a line of cocaine before every practice or how, how did you get this motor that's just nonstop? Yeah, um, I would say just something I pride myself on is just my hard work ethic and just my passion for the game is what allows me to just to just enjoy it and just play fast. And so I think not being scared and just trusting my preparation and and the people around me that if I just do my job and focus on what I got to do, I can just play as fast as I can and and just play with heart and effort. So, um, yeah. So that that first start in the Cheez-It Bowl, I think, yeah, you, you set a record, 15 tackles, first career start, most by any freshman in a bowl game, third most by any Cyclone in a bowl game. Did you kind of, I know the, again, the result of the game wasn't what you wanted, but did he kind of come out of there like, not only can I stick with these guys, but I can kind of kick some ass. Man, it was it was uh I didn't really realize that at that time what I what the stats were. I was really just concerned with man. I, I got my first opportunity and you know we fell short. So I'll say initially it was a lot of disappointment, but I think again just a lot of lessons I learned and. It gave me a lot of confidence going into this season that, you know, I'm able to perform at at a high level. So, you know, it was a great opportunity. And again, you know, I wish we would have pulled away with that one, especially sending all those seniors off um, the right way. But you know what? Took a, took a lot of lessons out of that and a lot of confidence. So, I think that was the most like stereotypical cheese at Bowl too. Just weird <laughs> shit happening every single quarter. Weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest game. Man, following up on that, um, do you think that having 15 tackles in that game was maybe due to having access to like unlimited Cheez-Its leading up to uh, the game <laughs> and, you know, especially like extra toasty, that's by far like the best flavor and stuff. You, you think there's anything with that? Man, um, we didn't really get that many Cheez-Its. <laughs> oh, that's about, bullshit. About one bag come off, coming off the plane. That's about it. <laughs> Damn. Now, now I'm getting sad. All right. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to deflect this conversation. Um, so I do want to talk, though, about how next season you're kind of going into it as underdogs. Just looking at the preseason rankings, I don't think, you know, CBS, uh, ESPN, e, like the NCAA doesn't have Iowa State in the top half. And personally, personally, I think this reminds me a lot of the Minnesota Vikings from last year to this year where they lost probably like. 10 one score games the year before it's very bound to happen that you're going to turn a lot of those losses into wins in the following year now i don't know if you're going to go 11 for 11 but i do think that a lot of like the media might be downplaying where we are going to be at so i mean 
going into it as an underdog, do you kind of like that mentality? Like, hey, everyone's doubting us. Let's prove them wrong. Or would you rather be kind of at the caliber of, well, we're ranked exactly where I want us to be because people know exactly just how good we are? Um, <clears throat> I would say understandably we're, we're ranked in the position we are. And, you know, I don't really keep up with that too much. But, um, you know, I can understand people putting us at because that's what our record reflects from last year. But, um, you know, I was saying being the underdog puts a chip on your shoulder. So and everyone understands that that we got a lot of work to do. So I think it's a good mindset and place to be in that we're the underdog. But, you know, in my honest opinion, I feel like we're not the underdog when we go into games. I feel like my mindset is that we're the best team that goes out. And even though we don't get the results that we are, I think it shows that, you know, we're there. We're just not quite putting the pieces together. That's a very Joe Burrow mentality. Like, I, I don't think my Super Bowl window is ever closed. I'm always just going to think that we're expected to win the next game. I love mm. it. So with that, um, you know, you were here for the 2021 team, got to contribute to that. And it was loaded with a lot of experience, a lot of leaders, like you kind of mentioned, a lot of the seniors you wanted to send out. How big of a difference do you think it was um, transitioning from that 21, 2021 team to this past year with like leadership, people stepping up in roles, minutes, that kind of stuff? Um, do you think it was pretty smooth or, or, or what? Yeah, I would say it was a big change. Um, and finding finding new people to be to be really good leaders. And I would say, you know, I spend a lot of time with we kind of spend a lot of time on our side of the ball during the season. So we had really great leaders um, like um, OV and Ant. So really, those guys have stepped up major and, you know, paved the way for us of, you know, how to do things the right way, how to prepare, how to play. So I really credit them to stepping up in the transition from last season or two seasons, two seasons ago to to this last season. But, yeah, it was a it was a major dynamic change in terms of um, I would say experience and stuff. But I would say everyone is tight on the team, so we didn't really have any problems in terms of, you know, chemistry or anything like that. But we had really big time leadership roles in, in OV and in. This wasn't even a question I had. I'm just curious. Aside from football, what do you like to do? Just just give me one thing. Like, like aside from scrolling TikTok or any anything like that, you know, just just what, what's one thing you like doing that's not football related? What what's Bo what makes Bo Freeler Bo Freeler? I got a couple of things. I would say some I'm I'm getting into is cooking up meals. So I'm kind of turning into a little little bit of a chef. I think I get that from my mom. She's she's a really good cook. So what kind of food? Steak, pastas, um, uh, soup. That's really my favorites right now. Um, and then outside of cooking, I'll say I'm a big movie guy, so I'll go out to the movies when I can. Um, I like to go bowling with my friends, get a little competition going, put some money down on it. Um, I'll say those are my top three. I'm in a bowling league right now that goes like weekly and it's fun as hell to do. I, yeah, I, I, I highly no recommend doubt. it. Yeah, no doubt. What kind of movies do you like? Um, I won't say I'm too picky, but I'll say I like thrillers, uh, like yes. them suspenseful, mo suspenseful movies, maybe a little bit of horror action, 
Um, I'll say I'll stick in that room. What, favorite, okay. Like, series or overall movie? You say what? Favorite, like, series or overall movie? Um, Man, that's a tough one. Uh, Favorite series? I really was into The Walking Dead for a while, but I kind of fell off on that, so I was a big fan of that. Um, Movie-wise, I couldn't really pick one. Have I, like, you seen... I like Avatar, though. Avatar, the oh, first Avatar was good. good. Yeah. Did you think the second one was a step up from the first? I I, I feel like they're just trying to, whatever you call it, um, like copyright all of the Nickelodeon Avatar. Because apparently the next movie is going to feature like a, a fire world. So they're literally just doing all of the elements, I guess, that ava- that Aang and, and that Avatar is doing. I don't know. I could yeah, be wrong. Someone's probably going to be pissed that I'm saying this. Yeah, I don't know. But I'll say that first one. It was hard to match that, but that, the first one was way better, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Have you seen Don't Worry, Darling? You said Thriller, and that was probably the most recent one I saw. Couldn't get my wife to watch with me because she hates anything that has bad vibes in it. But <laughs> have you seen that movie? I don't think so, no. God damn it. I, I've been wanting to talk with someone about it because I'm one of those guys who likes to understand like the, the hidden, the underlying meaning behind shit. And I'm I'm usually always wrong, but I just like theorizing. I don't know. Give it a try. If you if you do watch it, DM us and let me know what you think. Okay. Got you. I'll hit you back. <laughs> it's tough. All right. I, I got another bow question too. Um, I always like to figure out who what was like your favorite athlete growing up to watch, and then who's someone now that you like to try and and take things and film from or model your game from or or you say you you try and copy on the field. Okay, good question. I would say growing up, I played a lot more offense, I'll say. So I played a little bit of running back in, in Pop Warner. So I'll say I really got my number from Barry Sanders. I used to wear number 20. So yes. I used to I used to rock with him. Um I like Emmett Smith because I'm a Cowboys fan. Um Ooh, that's tough. Ah oh, man. You shouldn't have told us like losing. <laughs> and man, I gotta stick with who who I like. And then I would say nowadays I'm a I'm a big Troy Troy Palomalo fan, so I, I like him. Those are those are good calls, every single one of them. I uh I mean I, I we we you shouldn't have mentioned you're a Cowboys fan. I gotta give you shit for that last play. What was that last play? Like, yeah, what was no supposed comment. to be the play design? Do you know? <laughs> no comment. No, Were I you didn't. a little conflicted watching that game because Brock was was quarterback in the Niners? Was it, yeah. or was, it was it kind of like a win-win or were you win, like win. you win, still win. want the cow like were you honestly you're still pulling for the Cowboys so more right? Uh, I don't know. You can be it honest. It was a win-win for me. <laughs> I mean, either way, you know, I've been a Cowboys fan my whole life, but you know, I gotta I gotta root for Brock. So, what is it like seeing him just? kind of take over the NFL. I know he got some really bad news with his shoulders. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. He's probably going to have to get surgery. But I guess, I mean, I I think his future is very bright. I think he's going to be doing this for a long time. And uh, it it was wild to watch as a fan. But someone who played alongside him, someone that was in the locker room with him, just talk to me what it was about or what it was like just, you know, witnessing this guy just take over the league. Man, it was crazy. when he started playing and, you know, he just turned his opportunities into into so much success. And I feel like that's reflective of what he came to Iowa State and did. So 
you know, it's, it was a really great thing, especially, you know, all the guys seeing someone from our state have all that success. So, you know, we couldn't be more proud of him. We, we love Brock. This is probably my favorite NFL season in a while. And all my teams were shit too. I, I, I'm, I'm a dual, uh, dual Packer and Steelers fan because I went to Pittsburgh to work Ugh. to work for the Steelers. So I kind of like became a fan there. And then, but this is this is so awesome to watch on like a weekly basis because it was so unexpected. And then you just mm-hmm. get like national media talking about Brock. But then it, it was rough. It, it was rough to be on Twitter uh, this last weekend. Um, rough, rough couple of days. Uh, yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> This isn't really a question. No, actually, I guess it is a question, but you said Troy Polamalu, and that reminds me a lot of your style, you know, just hard-ass hitter. You hit hard, dude. You know that, right? Do you just, like, put your head down, and you just, like, pretend like this isn't going to hurt, and you just run into him as hard as – how do you hit so hard? Like, I'm dead-ass serious when I ask that question because I love football. I love playing football. That was one thing I, I never really got a hold of. I could never just hit super hard. I'd make you miss. But, like, I don't know. Dumb <laughs> question, but just tell me how you hit hard. <clears throat> Man, I guess I do put my head down, according to the rest in the Baylor game. Apparently. No, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. But, um, man, my my thing is, if you're the one delivering the contact, it, it don't hurt. So, if, if I'm the one delivering the contact, then – then it don't hurt me. And if I play fast, that's, that's just how I do it. Has anyone like hit you and you're just like, damn it, that, that hurt. <laughs> like that, every game. They got the best of me there. Every hey, every game, but you don't, you don't show that you just, you get up again. I think that's something I like to do. I just get up as fast as I can, no matter what to show, you know, I'm, I'm here again. So, yeah. I, I won't ask about, an opponent because I don't, I don't want to put that on you, but tell me something from Iowa state. Like who, who also just hits so freaking hard. Like Rory told us that Aishim, I I got a question on Aishim later too, but he just said that dude hits like a truck. Who who else on the Iowa state roster is just like, I don't want to go up against that guy in the Oklahoma drill. So <clears throat> I would say, yeah, Sheen was crazy. Um, man, he used to just fly around, just smack people. But, um, Man, there's a lot of people I could go. I, I'll go offensively. I'll go offensively because we go we go a little head to head. I'll say Jarrell, Jarrell be smacking people and um Cartavius. He's a little bowling ball. <laughs> Those are good guys to have uh in our backfield. I like that. Yes, sir. Um, well, I kind of have an adjacent question to that, but I was going to say just with you being with the team, um, for two years now and, and that 2021 team, who do you think was like the most impressive player that you got to compete with in practice on a day-to-day basis? Man, that's a good question. Um, new, you're knocking it out with some good questions today, man. I'm getting good yeah. question tags. Man. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a lot of dudes on that team. Um, I had to work my way up to actually get some reps with them. So it was towards the end of the year. But I think it was usually my position in one-on-ones were messed up with uh, tight ends. So we work a lot with them. And I would say my freshman year, Chase and, and, um, and Chuck, Charlie, those guys are tough. 
Is it like just very unfair to try and guard Charlie Kolar in the red zone? Like, are you like, this isn't fucking like the dude's so tall and like still athletic and shit that it it almost felt like a cheat code when we got to the red zone with him. Yeah, it's tough. You got to be scrappy. It's tough. <laughs> and you can have in the arms, but not get called. Yeah, you got you know if if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah. <laughs> The worst part is you can completely remove his strong arm and you'll still catch it. That that West Virginia catch he had in his last year, his entire right arm was basically just being hugged. Mm-hmm. Still caught it with his left hand. I mean, talk about how maddening that would be for a defensive yeah. back. My gosh. Um, so I, I do want to ask a little bit about Aishim. And I, wanna, I won't have you talk about, you know, <laughs> his departure because I'm sure that's probably weird. But – from a fan's perspective, we're watching this guy, Aishim Young, just play lights out. Like I said, hits like a truck and and then, you know, leaves for an opportunity with Ole Miss, I believe, is where he went. And, you know, as a fan, we're thinking, oh, my gosh, that what a huge blow. And then we immediately see Bo Freeler step in. And, and I personally was like, oh, OK, I think that might be the reason why Aishim is gone. I mean, that, that's certainly you know, my own speculation, but I just thought, oh my gosh, this bow kid is just as damn good. But walk me through those conflicting emotions of having someone within your unit, someone that you're close with, who's a really great player, you know, depart from the team, but also at the same time, internalizing the fact that now this is my time. Now I get to go out and just ball out. Like walk me through those conflicting emotions. Yeah, <clears throat> I would say it really came out of nowhere. Um, I didn't really know in advance that that was going to happen um him and Kamani leaving so you know it's tough because those are your boys but um you know after having it I really just looked at it as an opportunity just to you know be the next guy up so um you know I took the positive side out of it and, and just took it as an opportunity and rolled with it it is weird just how opportunities come around. I, I saw Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, I think it was on a Peyton's places, just talk about leveraging your opportunities. Like, I don't care if it if you're the fifth string guy and all the four people in front of you get hurt. I don't care if you're the starter from day one. When you have your opportunity, go and make it count. Um, yeah. Now, was that something that, like, you know, you just kind of had to work through and practice to really get that mentality of, man, this is my opportunity. I, I can't blow this because you certainly didn't. I mean, you were lights out game one. You know, was there any sort of preparation going into that or is this pretty much just, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here. Might as well just ball out. Yeah, I think, you know, I had a lot of opportunities before that that gave me some some good experience getting in, in games and and all that. But it came out a good time with all that the the practices for the bowl game. I think we had at least four or five weeks of practice. So it was a really good time for me to really hone in on my game. Um, so we prepared so much for that game defensively and what we were gonna do against, you know, formations, these plays we knew were coming, all that. So it was really get great time to work on my preparation and just mentally prepare um from my opportunity so I could just play fast and not think so much. 
Um, so we, we love the defense here on the, the podcast. Um, we, we're always praising you guys on, on the internet and everything. So is John Heacock just like the man? Cause I, I, I feel like I love John Heacock personally. I've never met him. And as someone who you get to like run his defense and you guys do it really well, is he just like awesome at, at like scouting, doing all this shit? Like just tell us about John Heacock. Yeah. Coach, coach is a really good, I would say leader and person and incredibly smart he uh he spends so much time you know game planning and preparing um for us and then and then teaching us so and then i'll i'll give credit to all the coaches in combination with with coach haycock um they really spend so much time preparing and and going out of their way to make sure we know what we're doing and working on our technique and fundamentals so you know when we have our opportunities to go play and ball out that we can just play and not think so much. So it's, it's all the credit really goes to the coaches and then all the time we spend is really a collective thing. So was was that staff kind of a, a big reason for you choosing to come to Iowa State? I, I always like to find it interesting, you know, like why certain players come here. You had some pretty good offers in high school. You know, is it the the style that they've been <clears> playing for a while, kind of the the introduction of the three three five, you know, you being a safety, which I feel like is, there's a lot of emphasis on safety play in this kind of because like it's like linebackers have to be safety safeties have to be linebackers kind of deal now in, in this in this style of, of defense that's pretty prevalent were, were those kind of big factors in, in choosing i would say and coming here <laughs> absolutely i think the relationships i built with the coaches were really what made me come here um and the trust i had in them um so i would say yes and then um schematically I feel like I had really fit in to what they're talking about, the star position uh, fits my play style. And I think the combination of those two things really helped me, you know, make my decision to come here. So they were definitely big factors. So a little, little bit of story time here. I'll try and keep it brief. In my, uh, my high school team, we were really good. Um, I was lucky enough to play, I guess. <laughs> such but, a huge. What I'm trying to say is our defense was insane. Like our defense was incredible. Our offense was fine, but there was this one game, it was a playoff game, where we scored one touchdown the entire time. Uh, we had a punt return for a touchdown as well. Scored a total of 14 points the entire game, and our defense held them to seven points, and we won. I remember talking with one of our middle linebackers, and he said, what the hell happened? You guys scored seven points. The reason we won was because our, our defensive back – return to punt return for a touchdown. So what the hell is that? And I just remember in that moment, like really understanding the huge disparity between, you know, this elite defense and us just coming short offensively and luckily still kind of scraping by. Um, now I know that that's, you know, everyone is in this locker room together and you guys have this crazy camaraderie that I think a lot of other teams would maybe fall apart in situations like that but you could tell that every single game was a battle how was that just mentally like going into every game just knowing that maybe one side of the ball isn't performing up to the expectations that you want and just knowing that you can only do you know your assignment um but kind of battling those emotions of man this can be frustrating sometimes just because our defense is just knocking it out of the park and sometimes we're still just falling short <clears throat> um I'll say I'm gonna give you the cliche responses that. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I was fishing for. <laughs> <laughs> Football is a team game, and you know, 
I would never blame one side of the ball over the other because that's not what it's about. Um, they're working their ass off to to perform at their best level. We're working our ass off to perform at our best level. So if we play a little bit better, we'll win some of those games. I know a couple of those games, we, we gave up fourth quarter touchdowns as well. So that's really on us as well. Um, but I'll, I'm going to go off topic a little bit. I think one of the, the greatest lessons and things, you know, we learned about ourselves is that not one point in the season we started blaming each other, offense versus defense or anything like that. And that was that was a really good thing um, for us. And, you know, I think when you can't control everything, you know, I was just telling myself control what you can control um, and, you know, just keep playing no matter what. That's not too cliche of an answer for what it's worth. It's a little cliche, but it's also true. I mean, it's expected. It's also expected. It is. And it's, it's like in basketball, you see these guys playing both sides of the ball. Football is just so unique to the point where that's not the case. You can really only just handle so much. And there's 21 other starters on the field also doing their assignment. So at the end of the day, you can really only control what you can control. And I mean, dude, we talk so much about how Campbell and TJ Otzelberger get their guys very just in, in, a, in a really professional and mature mindset. Um, and there wasn't a single time where I saw someone like pointing the finger. And just right. to be honest, it could have been very easy to do this past year. <clears throat> so I think that really kind of goes to show you can lose some games, but you can never lose the locker room. And I think Campbell, I mean, talk, yeah. talk about Campbell, dude, just like how, how is he in those moments where your, your team isn't performing up to those standards um, and, and everything can just be frustrating. But how was he just kind of reeling everyone back in as a team? Man, Coach Campbell's a man. Um, oh yeah. You know he does a great job of of centering us. You know when our emotions are high, um, and we're not getting the results that we want. You know he's not he's not telling us it's okay because you know obviously losing is unacceptable. Um, but he does a great job of centering us and getting us back to a a neutral mindset of just getting back to work that next week. And you know we never faltered in our motivation and our our effort I want to or anything like that throughout the season. And he, he was a big part of that. Do, do you ever get tired of hearing the words like trust the process or anything like that? Or, <laughs> or, or, or... <laughs> uh, nah, so you... a little bit of a pause uh, there, though. That seems like a yes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, We're not trying to you, you, you gotta, you gotta engrave it in your mind. If you come here. I, I think it's very fair. I, I think like a lot of those things, like we humans need that repetitive shit. Like yeah. it, it, it helps on a day to day because it can, it can easily, you can lose sight of it if it's not consistent mm -hmm. and consistency is what, what brings results. So, but yeah, I, I, I had to poke fun at that a little <laughs> bit. Is there ever a time where you didn't follow the process and it bit you right in the ass? Eh? Or no, just never because you're playing for Matt Campbell. No. <laughs> Good response. <laughs> uh, so this is another dumb question. If, if you haven't figured that out, that a lot of these questions are just really dumb. Huge hot button issue on the internet right now. Do you shower before bed when you wake up both or neither? Like, have you just never taken a shower before? 
What's your routine? Yeah, I don't. I don't shower. Nah, I'm playing. Uh, that's a, a weird question, but I guess I roll with it. Uh, I got a shower. <laughs> I got a shower after I work out, obviously. Um, and then, you know, I usually I shower before I go to bed. Oh, he's a twice a day guy, new. Yeah. That's what, that's what I am. Really? I'm right not gonna morning. lie. I, right I I'm at out. night and yeah, I after working out. I'll do it in the morning, first. like if I have a big event to go to, you know, but yeah. I work from home. So shower at night, <laughs> I, I just wake up and throw on a hat and I call it good. Just live with my filth for the next several hours. <laughs> yeah, you're greasy. Mm-hmm. Um, Newt, do you have any more questions? I got one more. Yes. Um. So with all this NIL money that's being thrown around, especially at Iowa State, <laughs> um, who would you like to get sponsored by? We're gonna we're gonna get in your corner. We'll try and we'll push for it on our our, our, our platforms here. Who's who, mm-hmm. who does Bo want to get sponsored by? Man, ah, I haven't really thought about this, man. Uh, spon- I need I I, I just got to get Sona. I I don't got any sponsorships, so anything would be cool. With it, you know what I'm saying? I got we, another. We know, oh. No, no, no. I was just going to say we have a connection at BNC Fieldhouse, but I don't know if they're handing out NIL sponsors. What, what were you thinking, Newt? I was going to say I have another thing that we have to go for, and we got to get you off the all-mention team, the honorable all-mention. It's bullshit. Yeah. got to be first or second team, all Big 12. Like, we're we're going to be the loudest proponents for this this upcoming Man, season. that's a goal for Anyone that watches year. this Iowa State defense knows that you're not just an honorable mention. So. Yeah, that's a goal for next year. That was Willie Harvey. I think he had like three or four years in a row where he was <laughs> He's like, I know it's like literally honorable to be on there, but I was pretty damn sick of it toward toward like the fourth time getting that. Like home. the third year he gets told he's honorable mention, he's just pissed. Yeah. Gosh. Um, this is also Yeah. Hey Bo, you you could be the next four time honorable mention. Hey, we'll see. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully I can get up there. You'll get up there, man. I'm confident of it. Um, This is, I guess I do have two more questions. But with Will McDonald coming up, we have the senior game on Saturday. I'm pumped to watch him and X go off. Mm -hmm. Just how was he as kind of like a locker room leader? Because we were obviously able to see his on-field output. But, you know, how how was he just as like a leader of the defense? Um, I would say he was just a really, you know, laid back, chill dude, um, in the locker room, um, you know, just joking around, um, good vibes, always good vibes from Will. But when you get on the field, you know, he, he really got that competitor in him. So he, you know, he started to vocalize his, his, uh, competitive nature. I think that rubbed off on everyone. How are you off the field then? Like, are are you laid back or tell, tell us about how you act off the field? Um, off the field, I'm chilling. On the field, on the field, man, in the weight room, you're killing. It's go time. It's go time. <laughs> so, okay, you like to watch movies. What else? What else do you do? Just just chilling. I mean. Just screen time, because that's me. I just watch TV pretty much when I'm not working and stuff. It's pretty sad when I say it out loud. Yeah, I'm a gamer. I get. I I play a little Xbox here. What do you like? You, you better than K1. 
Uh, man, I'm the best player on the team. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm playing. But uh, yeah, man, I play a little Call of Duty. I play a little Warzone. Um, not in a Fortnite no more. I, I play a little this this game called Overwatch too. I'll get into that a little bit. Um, but you know, anytime I'm playing with my my friends is a good time. Love that. So this was, I think this is my last question, unless I, you know, I, sometimes I just, I start talking and I think of other questions, so I'll try and keep it to this, but what's just one thing that both Reeler is working on one thing that, you know, you wake up and you're motivated by instantly, you know, we talked a little bit about your life outside football, but if, if it is football, it's just like one thing that has you working on in particular for the off season, whether it be le- leading up to the football season or just kind of bettering yourself as, as, you know, as a human being. Yeah, that's a good question. I would say my leadership, um, my leadership is what I'm working on so much right now and being that guy that's more vocal, um, and holding people accountable. And that's just one of many things, but that's really my main focus right now. What do you think is the hardest part about being a leader? Are, are you naturally vocal with your teammates, or is that something that you're kind of trying to bring out of yourself a little bit more? <clears throat> yeah, that's something I'm, I'm a little – I'm working on is being vocal. Um, but I would say I always feel like I've led by example. Um, but, yeah, I'm working on that that vocal part. Love that. Um, you were offered by Nebraska before Iowa State. What made you choose Iowa corn over Nebraska corn? <laughs> Nebraska want me to play linebacker. Oh, well, that, that would do it. There you go. Wait, <laughs> okay, awesome. I got to follow up on that a little bit. Um, so how the how hard is it moving from Colorado to Iowa? Because <laughs> that's like the biggest change in nature to like some maybe arguably the most beautiful state to. I'm sorry, but I was boring as shit. Girl in Iowa, <laughs> I, I've lived there. I've spent plenty of time there, and it is. You got so mountains beautiful. in Colorado. It's beautiful. It's nice. I mean, yeah. Biggest change is I look outside my apartment and I see cornfields. Now I look outside my house and I see, you know, Pikes Peak. I see the mountains. But it was, it was a good transition. I mean, it's not so much different here other than just seeing the mountains versus cornfields, I guess. But I like it. It's cool. It just gets <laughs> way too cold. Word. It gets way too cold in the winter. I it, it's like, insane. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it'll toughen you up. You move anywhere else the rest of your life, it will, it, I'm ready. You will, you'll always appreciate the weather more. You'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah, nothing can be worse than a good old Ames, Iowa uh, winter. So yeah. that is one nice thing. It's bad. Yeah, it is bad. On the topic of winter, Newt and I talked about this recently, but I'm on I'm in the minority. I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority. I want all football teams, at least at the NFL level, at the highest level to have at least the option of a dome, kind of like Lucas Oil. I think the Houston Texans have it where they can like bring the roof over. Um, Now, I it's because you see teams like Colts. I do root for the Colts. But you see teams like Kurt Warner talked about how he was in Arizona and he's like, I don't even have the ability to practice in cold weather. However, you know, teams that live in Pittsburgh, that live in, you know, New England, they're able to practice with it and it becomes a huge competitive advantage in the playoffs. Are you a dome guy or are you a, hey, let's do football weather and play in the snow all the time? No dome for me. Football weather is football weather. Bo knows. Mason doesn't. 
that's that's what everyone says. I I don't know if I'm ever gonna win that argument. Maybe in 50 years from now, when um my brain is is just way ahead of the times, <laughs> we'll start putting domes over if everyone you wanna, else. You want to practice in the right weather. You just gotta win all your games in the NFL, and then you get to host the games. So that yeah. that's, that's my simple message to Kurt Warner: win some more games. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever. Um. Okay. I lied. I have one last question. Give us one or two guys. Your call. Who you think will surprise us going into this next year that maybe we haven't seen as much of? <clears throat> um. Uh, I'm gonna give you my guy, Malik. You gotta watch out for Malik. He got. He got. You know, sent out early with some injuries this year, mm-hmm. but. He's gonna be he's gonna be a freak next year. That's a good answer because he was a guy that I almost feel a little blue balled. I feel like we didn't really get to see, but I've heard a, I've heard a lot of really good things. So all right, watch out yeah, for Malik. You got my word. Hell yeah, Newt. Do you have any last minute questions? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for hopping on, Bo. Yes, yeah. sir. Thanks for having me. Dude, really appreciate you. And one last thing we do before we sign off, we just give our listeners a quick little roll clone. So, Bo, appreciate you taking your time out of your day today. And roll clones, man. Roll clones, baby. Roll clones, baby.